Climate and Sustainability with Kevin James. And good afternoon to you, Kevin. Are you good? Yes, uh, Ernest, doing my best. Greetings to you and the team in the studio. Sure, sure. Welcome, uh, Kevin. I see a, a damning article was published in the Mail and Guardian uh, last week, giving some insight into the uh, state of the country's water treatment plants and by association, the state of our natural water systems. What is the overall message and what's being done about it? Yeah, so Ernest, this is a really bad situation, but bad on, on, a, on a couple of levels. I mean, most of South Africa's 800 municipal water treatment plants, more than 800, are, are basically releasing raw sewage into the country's river. And this equates to approximately 4 billion litres of polluted water every single day. But if this bit of information isn't disturbing enough, listen to this one. Water Affairs Department officials have been told to look the other way, at least until after next year's local government election. So relevant departments are not releasing current information. Uh, this information on water quality, sewage plants, which gets published every year or should get published every year as part of the Sanitation Department's Green Drop Report. The last time we saw one of these reports was in 2012, where they measured the effectiveness of the wastewater treatment plant. And of those 821 municipalities, only 40 were regarded as, as excellent. So that's less than 5% of all treatment plants were excellent, but there were 248 which were listed as systems in crisis. So that was in 2012. We can probably assume that things have got a little bit more dire. In fact, a water official in Polokwane said that there was a fear that the data would be used to lay criminal charges against the government. That's mm. how bad it is. In 2013, the South African Human Rights Commission investigated and found massive irregularities at a municipal level. Nothing uh, untoward in South Africa today, normal stuff. Friends, family winning contracts to do technical work that they weren't qualified to do. And the main causes that we've seen that's created this problem is basically similar to what we're seeing at ESCOM, lack of regular maintenance, which has led to corrosion, inoperable pumps, and basically a crumbling infrastructure with no scheduled maintenance programs and no in-house artisans to actually do the work. So I'm going to repeat myself. I'm going to suck back a bit like a record, as I say every time I talk about this. I feel this is an ethical matter. I think if I had to say to President Zuma, we do not need nuclear power. We need water. Please invest in our water infrastructure, as right now we've got poo flowing in our rivers, and no one in your office really is doing much about it. So I think people need to stand up and make a little bit of a noise about it. Mm. Now, on the subject of food waste, uh, Kevin, two Canadian filmmakers have made a a movie called Just Eat It, a food waste story uh, where they commit to only being allowed to eat rescued food uh, that was destined for landfill for a period of six months. Sounds interesting. How, How did it go? Yeah, I love this concept. So after learning that nearly 50% of all food grown in North America gets tossed every year, Canadian filmmakers, they're actually in Vancouver, Grant Baldwin and Jenny Rustemeyer, they decided to stop buying groceries and only eat food that would otherwise be thrown away. So what gets exposed is really the mindless wastefulness of the industrial food system and how they managed to more than sustain themselves for a period of six months. An effort to live a zero-waste lifestyle, the Vancouver couple decided really to forego restaurants and grocery shops, supermarkets, in favor of really supermarket skips and rejected produce from farmers' markets. The food waste statistics in the film uh, are, are staggering. They add uh, to this the images of these two standing in knee-deep in skips full of hummus and other perfectly edible foods and fruits that just wasn't pretty enough 
for the shops in the market, so they destroy it and send it to landfill. Post-consumer and retail food waste is a massive problem in these more affluent countries, Europe and uh, North America. But I, I challenge them to come to South Africa and do the same thing. Firstly, I'll tell you they'll have a hell of a lot more competition for this food because uh, competition is a lot stiffer. But from what we see every day dealing with these big companies, there's still significant amounts of waste and edible food waste that uh, is being landfilled every day in South Africa. Some of the retailers, have to say, are making a big effort, and the effort of Food Bank in South Africa, they fill about a 4,000 ton per annum gap of food that would, would go to, the, to landfill and is now being fed to people over 90,000 meals a day. But for the most part in South Africa, food waste goes to landfill, and while it's getting composted, uh, digested or could be feeding people or animals, you know, that's obviously much better alternative. So, you know, this stuff still doesn't make much sense to us, but I think there's a huge amount of potential, and from what we're seeing is people are looking for those alternatives. So, yeah, I think we have to be positive about that. Mm, I guess the overall message there is just eat it, and uh, perhaps something we can learn from the Canadians <laughs> there, <laughs> Kevin. We'll leave you there, my friend. We'll chat Absolutely. again next Wednesday. All right. Take care. Thanks, thanks, Ernest. Fantastic. That's our regular guest there, Kevin James, sharing his insights, uh, or at least some ways to try and save the planet as we chat climate change and sustainability every Wednesday. It's Kevin James from GCX Africa.